for the touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. All right, tonight on the show, we are talking grocery stores in California. And we are also talking about fabulous special effects by KNB. The movie is 1989's Intruder. Is that 1981? It's 89. Okay. I'm this is why you're the fact girl. This is exactly why you are, because, yeah, I was yelling at my kids during the whole, I was just like, it's 1981, do you understand how brilliant this is for 1981? But it's still brilliant for 1989, so, um, okay, so what was your background with Intruder? That's a great question, just because this is kind of an, this is very much an under-the-radar gem. I agree, very much under-the-radar. So I saw this. You know, this was definitely during my uh, college years. Uh, you know, super silly stoned, go down to the local video store and just pick stuff up. And we rented it. And I remember, I don't like, I wasn't super silly stoned this time. So I was actually watching this and I was really blown away by, yeah, like some of the effects and just. I loved the shots where I was just like, how that was cool. And I remember like looking to I, my roommate, her name was Becky. And I would be like, Becky, like, look. And, you know, she was super silly stoned. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> man, I'm watching this fucking thing alone. And then I totally forgot about it. And then saw it randomly. And it went into my brain and I was like, I need to rewatch that again. And then we started this. And all of a sudden I was home one night and was just like, intruder. Like the way my brain takes six months to complete a thought. And I texted you and was just like, we need to do intruder. And then I opened Facebook and you had just posted that you had just watched Intruder. And I was yep. Like, this is going to be our best show. Absolutely. This is this is totally, no totally. A star- yeah, right. No pressure here. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. The Intruder show. Uh, <clears throat> so so my background with Intruder was a long time ago. Uh, there was a show on PBS called The Incredibly Strange Film Show. And they did a bunch of interviews with different directors and people, uh, including Sam Raimi. And I went through a bit of a Sam Raimi obsession. It started with Evil Dead. And then I... Didn't we all, though? Like, didn't we all? But I went through more of, like, a sexual obsession. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Where I found Sam Raimi to be unbelievably sexually attractive. And I post, I pasted his photo as well as photos from horror magazines all over my wall like he was a pinup in Tiger Beats. Oh, God. I, this story is so good. This is like my favorite Aaron story right now. I love that you had Sam Raimi on your wall like Ralph Macchio. <laughs> So in case you've seen Intruder, that would be Randy the Butcher. Yeah, who was amazing. Thank you. So so 
in that particular special, they had a behind the scenes of Intruder, except that back then Intruder was called Night Crew. And which is a better name. Oh, touch seriously, guys. In, yeah. Night crew, way better name uh, because it is, in fact, the night crew. And they show makes me think house. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Intruder made me think like it they're in. It's a house, not a night crew supermarket. Right. Exactly. So. So. Uh, so they interviewed Scott Spiegel in the interview and they talked about how, you know, this is his first movie and he's, you know, he, he's got all his friends and Bruce Campbell's going to be in it. And, and Sam Raimi's playing Randy the butcher. And, and it was really interesting. And I remember committing it to memory and that that was a movie I wanted to see. And then later on the, uh, the bandsaw scene showed up on the cover of gore zone. Okay. And I was like, this is awesome. And then I think I rented it at unique video Shout out and rest in peace to Unique Video. And uh, the rest is history. And then recently it was on Tubi and I decided to watch it. And it's, you know, one of the things I love about Tubi is that they do remaster everything. So everything on there is, you know, chef's kiss level of sound and, you know, picture and everything else. So the quality of it was really, really good. And I absolutely loved it. And then I posted about it. And then Hillary literally texted me. And I thought she was texting me because of the post. And it turns out they were completely unrelated. Yeah, that's that was really when I absolutely knew we had to do this movie. Because I don't know if we're just like psychically linked now. That when you're watching movies, my brain goes, watch this. But yeah, no, I was just like, oh my god, I've been meaning to put this on our list and, you know, I'm just, again, total burnout and I don't remember anything until, because right now what I'm remembering is from our anniversary special and we were talking about Dexter's sister. Her name is Jennifer Carpenter. Oh my God, you remembered. Okay. <laughs> I was like sitting there going, I do not, I mean, she is not even on the tip of my tongue at that time, at that point. I could nope. not remember her name. Yeah, no. And literally now that we're back and we're doing Intruder. I was just like, hey, here's going to be a fun fact for people who listen to that. Right. <laughs> and and spoiler alert, Jennifer Carpenter, not in this movie. No, not a, no relation. You need to be a fan of the show to understand that. Corner. Exactly. <laughs> to understand our completely fucked up logic and the circuitous <laughs> route in which we got there. I assure you, Jennifer Carpenter is uh, is in a different movie. Uh, so this film opens up with a grocery store called walnut lake market and it was actually based on a grocery store from michigan from scott spiegel's hometown of walnut lake where he used to work uh, no idea yeah yep. that's exactly where <laughs> <laughs> so that's where it's based off of but this movie is actually filmed in a place called bell california of which i had never heard of before but that's where they filmed this um this grocery store now question have you ever worked in a grocery store for like 20 minutes Really? Okay, because I never had the grocery store working experience. I had the waitress and the sandwich making experience, but I've never done the whole work at a grocery store thing. Yeah, I worked at a grocery store and they hired me to be a cashier. Ooh. Uh, yeah, and then they had me in like the self-checkout area. So like, uh, you know, this was early 2000s-y. They had self-checkout in early 2000s? I want to say it was like 05. Wow. I want to say it was over. I, who really can say? But I want to say I was around 05. And 
they had me in there and I remember I was just watching this woman steal a bunch of groceries <laughs> in the self-checkout and you know she had like all of her friends with her and they were just like not scanning they were like putting their things like over the scanner but like covering the barcode and i was watching the hustle and i just kind of appreciated the hustle and was so like, you were like yeah this is a really good decision these people are making right i was just like oh my god they are going to lose so much food and then it was like the moral of just like somebody stealing food do i get involved and let's be real i wouldn't get involved today if somebody was stealing food but then there was also the like at that time i'm also kind of a criminal so i'm really not gonna get involved but then like i mean she was stealing probably 500 worth of food wow in like 2005 right not today so, so this this isn't like the opening scene in night of the demons where linnea where, where you know angela is shoplifting what looks like a tablecloth and a bunch of beer yeah no so yeah she was like she had like three shopping carts amazing and i just walked out the door i was like i'm i'm good i'm not gonna get involved in that so i'm not gonna work here anymore and i just left i just walked out the door and thus ended hillary's career in supermarkets yeah i, I you know what i actually think they owe me money Probably. <laughs> at this point yeah i don't think they ever paid me all right so we meet jen played by Elizabeth Cox and fun fact about Elizabeth Cox. She Liz Kern rather. She is a news anchor for KDBC news in El Paso, Texas and has been since the nineties, but she's also in night of the creeps. What? You are so good at this. I, you know, cause I don't know anything about anyone, but El Paso and she's still on like today like she's yes yeah. yes she's actually she's been a news anchor since the 90s and she's still totally she's also still totally a knockout by the way so Liz Liz Kern yeah awesome we we love you girl yeah. we thought you did great in this movie so I'm glad you found something else to do and then um she is talking to Linda her friend played by Renee Estevez yes, yes. that Renee Estevez, as in Emilio's sister, yep. Charlie Sheen's sister, only daughter of Martin Sheen, by the way. And genre fans would know her from Sleepaway Camp 2. Yeah, I we really should put that trilogy on the list. We really do need to put that on the list. Um, but one of the places that I forgot that she's from is she's Betty Finn in Heathers. Oh, my God. I literally just watched Heathers two nights ago with my 13-year-old. Because, you know, she is on this whole kick of just like, you know, I'm tired of being uncultured swine. Teach me about movies. That's wow. That's kind of beautiful. Yeah. And I and almost makes me want to have kids, but not really. Yeah. No, don't. But so, yeah, her, my old man, her, you know, dad was started her off with like Napoleon Dynamite. Ooh. And I went okay not not where you start somebody like that it's that's a, that's a little subversive right i was just like that's not where you start for children me. not right. for me yeah I, like i love napoleon dynamite for sure but that and she couldn't sit still through it so i was like okay you had your shot and i put on heathers and i mean glued to the screen absolutely and she and i quote it around the house perfect love it fantastic so renee estevez that's who you would know so the two yeah. of them are having a conversation while this old man basically loses his groceries his groceries go right through his bag and 
our over 60 crowd who listen to the show, none of you, uh, would recognize the old man as Emil Sitka from the Three Stooges. Apparently, he was the judge on the Three Stooges and used to say, hold hands, you lovebirds. Uh, and he says that line in this movie. I'm guessing this is because Scott Spiegel and Sam Raimi and all of the Raimis are huge, huge, huge Stooges fans. Like, they love the Three Stooges. There's Three Stooges shit all over every single one of these movies. So I'm guessing that's why he's in there. We meet, uh, God, there's so many characters in this film, there right? Really were. There really like, were. Like, a lot of, I, lot of white guys. A lot of white guys with really no discernible features of what was going on. I found it very hard to keep up with yeah. them. So Linda sends Jen out to the parking lot to round up some carts where we get to see some pretty cool of uh, the cart actually like rolling towards her. Yeah. No, I, I the cameras. I'm, yeah. I'm going to talk about that. Hillary is a huge fan of the Scott Spiegel camera angles in this movie. Yeah. It's what blew me. It's really what blew me away. It's not like, you know, the acting or the plot was so original or so unique for me. It was really the, the camera work. I loved the camera in the shopping cart that opening scene shot of just the camera I'm, and i'm like looking at my you know kids and, just and like, they don't care no i'm just like look it's so original and even my old man was like it's a camera in a shop like whose point of view is that like i was just like it would be your kids if they were walking and behind the shopping cart like they should but they don't because they're terrors <laughs> This has been parenting counterpoint with Hillary. Uh, so, so Jen, Jen comes back into the comes back into the store, and she comes face to face with her ex boyfriend, Craig Peterson. Peterson, Craig Peterson, who, fun fact, played by David Burns, that's Burns with an S, is actually Scottish. Really, like accent and all. Oh, then he did a great job. He really did. He's rocking this fabulous mullet. You know he's a bad boy because he's got a, a leather, leather jacket. jacket. Yeah. Tell them all apart. Totally leather jacket. Apparently, he is in Witchcraft 7 and 9. Now, fun fact, I've actually never seen Witchcraft 1. I know. I was thinking which board. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So was I. But apparently there is an entire series of film that started in, I want to say, the 90s called Witchcraft. And they go all the way up to, I guess, nine. Well, now we got to find them. I know. Now yeah. I was thinking of adding this to the list. So Craig Peterson is her ex-boyfriend and he just got out of jail. We think it's jail. Is it prison or jail? Um, I definitely... like. They say that his charge was like pretty serious of almost like a manslaughter. So he would have had to have gone to prison. But I don't understand how he did a year in prison for manslaughter. Yeah, I'm not really sure about that. But like, I know that um, apparently one of the what, one of the characters refers to his problem as not just drugs, really serious drugs. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like. Not just the pot, yeah. <laughs> guys. Really serious Not drugs. Not drugs that everybody, right. like, turns the uh, blind eye. Apparently, he has a very serious drug problem, which landed him in jail. So, Jen is not happy to see him. He makes a huge thing about how, you know, he got hand cramps from trying to write her every day. And she's just like, boo, you know what? I am not interested in you. I am interested in fucking Dave. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm interested in fucking anybody. 
But the part that I loved about the scene was that he spent a dollar thirty-five on cigarettes. Absolutely. You know what? That's in my notes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I was like, most disturbing part of this whole movie is that cigarettes were a dollar thirty-five and cereal was a dollar thirty-nine. Yeah. Bl- I the prices. Yeah. No. Especially now <sighs> that buying food, I'm just like, look at that, a dollar, yeah. a dollar for laundry right. detergent. Absolutely fucked. Okay. So, so he starts, basically he, he starts trouble. He starts to grab her face and all this stuff. And uh, Linda jumps on top of him and then everyone gets involved in the store. Right. Yeah. Randy comes over, uh, Craig like shoves him. He spills his coffee. Um, Let's see. Oh, oh, Dave, the guy that she was interested in, who's played by Billy Marty, who really honestly did not do anything else after this movie. He did like a couple films or whatever, and we never saw him again. So the only one who doesn't show up, I think, is Joe, right? Oh, Produce Joe. Produce Joe. Played He's the only one that doesn't come. Produce Joe, played by Ted Raimi. That would be Sam Raimi's younger brother. I was also a member of the Ted Raimi International Fan Club when I was twelve. Anyway, we're going. Moving on. Okay, so facts always blow me away. So then we also meet. Um, we meet not Tim. Who's Tim? Oh, Bub. We meet Bub, who has probably the most annoying voice of all time. But here, I'm allowed to say this because this guy is richer than God in real life. Okay, he is the ancestor of both Jackie Kennedy and Gore Vidal and. His name is Burr Steers because he's named after Aaron Burr, who is one of his relatives. Oh, yeah, no. So he's he's got some money. So who who is this? Who is this Burr? Okay, Bub is the one who has the voice who sounds like Crispin Glover in, um, well, any movie, basically. Yeah. But he's the one who comes on and he's like, Let's see if I can do this. <laughs> Tim! Tim! <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking Where's about. Where's my box cutter, Tim? Yeah, no, he was the worst. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so Bub. <laughs> so anyway, Bub is played by Burst Steers, But in real life, Burst Steers is probably a wonderful individual. But he actually wrote and directed an, a, a really amazing independent film that you need to find because it's definitely right up your alley called Igby Goes Down. With Kieran Culkin, that would be Macaulay Culkin's younger brother, and it's it's fu- it's great. It's it's a little dark. It's a little funny. Um, it's very subversive. It's very strange, but it's a it's a really good movie. Okay, all right. Yeah. It goes down. So, so um, meanwhile, yes, we're getting introduced to all of these random characters, right? So, uh, t- Tim Tim uh is played by Craig Stark, and he was in Chopper Chicks and Zombieland. Or Zombie Town. Who was Tim? Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town. Okay. Tim is the guy who hides behind the beer and watches Jen yep. and and Dave make out on the turnstile. Yeah. Okay. He's just creepy and weird. And honestly, doesn't he's really I I believe honestly that Tim is in this movie so that Bub can go Tim and also so that he can get killed. Yeah, no, well, I feel like that's true of a lot of these characters. Like we just needed we have uh really great ways to kill you guys off, so we just need another friend. So meanwhile, all of this ruckus is going on. We meet Danny and Bill. Danny and Bill are the owners of the store and they are in the middle of signing what looks like a very big contract. Yeah. I 
my notes, I have a theory that they're lovers. Oh, how fabulous. I love that. Yeah, I have a feeling that they are absolutely together. And yeah. this was their this was their baby. This was their store together and you know, was Which is why Bill lost his shit. By the way, spoil spoiler alerts. As always, there will be gore, there will be spoilers. There's no boobs in this movie, unfortunately, no nudity. No, not a boob. Not even a side boob. Really made me think uh Danny and Bill getting it in okay i love it i love it all right so hot take danny and bill on the dl okay so danny is played by eugene robert glazer and he was on the la femme nikita tv series which one though i think the usa one okay all right with with peter wilson Familiar. I don't know because you know what to be honest with you I've only seen the movie I've never seen the show I, I've never seen any of them oh okay okay so I just wanted to sound smart so, for a second like I knew what I was talking about so Danny stump Aaron <laughs> so, so Danny is the one who's selling the store very happily to the city basically I'm guessing they're probably going to bulldoze it and put up condos like everybody and people boxes. Bill is played by Dan Hicks. Um, we lost him to cancer a while back, but he was in Evil Dead 2 yeah, and Dark Man and lots of other things, and he's a pretty cool guy. So they're kind of having a conversation about the fact that, you know, Danny really wants, uh, sorry, Danny really wants to sell the store. Bill doesn't. So they come out and, you know, to, to, look, at, to look at the ruckus, basically, and they decide to spend an a very long period of time looking for Craig in the store. Like Craig has hidden in the store somewhere and everyone is trying to find him. And this scene goes on for a very long time. I remember asking, I was just like, how big does this? Cause when you look at the grocery store and it pans out, does not look like a big grocery store, but then there's like the back behind the butcher area. There's an attic. There looks like a whole crawl space area. Like, it seemed like there was a grocery store in the middle of, like, a fun house. Like, it was just like, you know what we yes, do? Yes, yes. Lots of, lots of uh, mirrors and lots yeah. of, like, almost distorted images, which is a, a big thing here. So, But I was just like, where, what, what closet is this? What This is the employee, like, break smoke room with a weird door to the outside and then the world's narrowest bathroom. And, <laughs> right, the very tight, like almost like a like old school gas station bathroom bathroom. When the public could first start using a bathroom, and they just kind of added one next to a mop bucket. Absolutely, and then and then something very odd happens in this movie, which I swear to God, I would love to ask Scott Spiegel about. But Jennifer's nose starts pouring blood like she is a disco cohort at Studio Fifty Four. That's that. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, let me reel that, reel that in for a second. <laughs> so yeah, her nose starts like pouring blood. My old man goes, how, even if Craig hit her, he's right-handed and she's bleeding out of the right side. So that doesn't make sense. And I was just like, uh, maybe she has a deviated septum. From too much cocaine. Too much cocaine. And he was just like, I really feel like you're stretching the and i was just like if that's the worst thing that i have to make up for this reality to be true 
I was just like, of course the cashier is doing blow and working overnight. Yeah. And she's a gorgeous blonde. Yeah. She's doing totally charts. Yeah. And she's wearing some very sensible khakis. Yeah. Sensible khakis, sensible footwear. She made the most sense. So yeah, nobody, you know, what's funny about this movie is that for its time period, 1989 and being a horror slasher film, the women are not sexualized in any way, shape or form. No, not at all. Like sensible shoes, sensible shoes. Nobody, nobody shirts get ripped off. No, it's not boobs flying anywhere. Like nobody is suddenly in a wet tank top. Nope. Like all very, very practical. And even, you know, the way Linda is killed wasn't like sexual. No, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. So, so, so funny, spoiler alert, Linda gets killed. Anyway, so, <laughs> we're, yes. so they finally find Craig who has been hiding uh, and, and makes himself known and they kick him out of the store and my favorite line is Sam Raimi when they're all there. It's a great shot too. Cause they're looking at him through the glass and they see the reflection. Right. And Sam Raimi goes, tell him to fuck off. My favorite line is right before that. When they find Craig and he goes, I never got my change from his dollar 35. <laughs> I, I, why that made me laugh so hard i don't know but so so anyway so they've kicked him out of the store craig is gone um they've called the cops and two of literally the oldest cops i have ever seen in my entire life show up to you know to kind of like look thing look at things over and 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 whatever and they tell him like yeah he's already he's fucking gone from here it reminded me of like a mutt and jeff like, yeah. like Three Stooges era. Yep. But, yeah. See? See where we're going with this? Yeah. Because, you know, one was seven foot four and then one was four foot eight. Yeah. So, like yeah. a car 54, where are you situation? Yeah. And I was just like, I see what we're doing. Congratulations. That's the oldest thing we've ever said on the show. Yeah. Oh, yay. <laughs> so the big news comes out. Bill and Danny have decided to sell the store to the city and they have to break the news to the night crew. And they basically tell them, like, look. Uh, you'll get a bonus check in your paycheck. Uh, first of the month, you will no longer be working here. We'll write you a recommendation and all that good stuff, but we're selling the store. Remember when companies took care of employees? I know. Like, even though we're selling the store, we're going to give you a severance. We're going to give you a recommendation. Like, like all of these things, we're going to give you money to try and hold you over while you're trying to find a job. You can count on us. We're still here. Not like you just show up tomorrow and the doors are locked. That's happened to me once. Yes, absolutely. And then, um, and we also meet, uh, Randy, Randy is Randy the Butcher. That's Sam Raimi. And then Ted Raimi plays Produce Joe and Produce Joe basically like does a bunch of Three Stooges-esque type stuff with food. When I tell you the way Joe the produce guy cut that watermelon. Yep. My OCD could not handle. I was just like, yeah, because it was like it, it, it was not it was not uniform at all. It was random slashes through the middle. Just horrific. Like, really, the scariest part of this movie, besides the price of cigarettes, is Produce Joe carving up the watermelon. It would be like eating a hard shell taco at the middle. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, right? Like, just, I was like, he's he's the killer. That Not meaning to spoil it, but anybody that can cut a watermelon like that. Absolutely. So, 
So Danny is the first to get killed and he gets impaled on one of those paper spikes right through the eye and his eyeball just pops out. It's phenomenal. And it's shot through a glass, a like a like a not a jar. Is it a jar that's sitting on the desk that you see? Yes, 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 yes. Sorry. I thought you meant like, yep, yep. Um, yeah, no, yeah, it shot through the glass that's sitting on, on the desk that you can see. Yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, the gang gets together and they decide to have, um, well, they refer to it as lunch. And so here's an interesting thing that I wanted to ask you because I don't think I've ever been part of like a night crew, (laughs) see night crew before, but they basically like shut the store down because it was time to shut the store down. Then they had dinner and then they're still cleaning up so i'm like that kind of but i guess they had to have dinner in order for this next story to unfold yeah i think because he danny and uh bill uh did the uh we need you to stay late so you can mark down the entire store 50 percent. oh fuck that is what they said yeah so everything needs to be marked down 50% off. So we're not only are you like the night crew, you're now like the overnight crew. So, you, you know, you need to eat and take your like normal breaks and whatever, but we need to mark down the store 50%. Okay. So then that's why they stayed late for dinner. So they're all eating and and um, Bill tells a story of how he was a, vir- a volunteer fireman and while that happened, he actually watched a car accident or the or the after effects of a car accident and watched one of his co-workers eat a hamburger in one hand and a, had carry a severed head down the street with the other. Now, this story is if the story sounds familiar, by the way, it's because it's in Raising Arizona. I was going to say, I was like, why have I seen that? And, you know, I can never place anything in my brain. But I was like, I've seen. I've seen that. Oh, yep, raising Arizona. Yep. That's so. So, meanwhile, Dave and Jennifer, after dinner, have decided that they're going to make good on their attraction towards each other. So, Dave, with his fabulous Chris Isaac hair, very Chris Isaac hair, they decide to make out on the checkout line and the turnstile, while Tim hides behind the beer cave, feverishly watching. And okay, weird question for you that you may not know: Is Chihuahua a real beer? Or was that made for the movie? I do not know if Chihuahua is a real beer, but that is a fabulous question. (laughs) I was like, because they had the Meister Brow, and I was like, that's a real beer. Then there was just generic beer, white can beer on it. And then it was in the bottle was like the fancy Chihuahua beer. And I was like, and I remember looking at my old man and I go, have you ever had Chihuahua beer? (laughs) And he was like... And again, we thought this was 1981, so he wasn't even alive yet. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Talon is young. Yeah. Wait. Is Talon younger than you? Oh, yeah. So much. Oh, I had no idea. I thought he was our age. Oh, no. No. Oh, wow. Okay. It gets weird at times. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was going to say. Okay. But that also makes sense why he doesn't like a lot of our movies. Yeah. Yeah, it was a totally different get time it. for him. Totally get it now. Yeah, yeah, when we discussed, like, where were you on September 11th? Like, I was in state prison. He was in seventh grade. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Super young. Super so he weird. doesn't, he was not around when the Challenger exploded. No, not at all. Has no idea. <laughs> okay. 
read about it on Wikipedia. That's amazing. <laughs> so back to back to the movie. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Randy goes into the olive. He has an olive jar where he's eating olives, and the killer has actually placed um, Danny's eyeball inside the olive jar which is like a little like suspenseful moment because you think you're like oh my god he's gonna fucking grab the eyeball yeah yeah and it just kind of swirls around like it's olive olive hand in eyeball swirls around and i was just like that that was cool Mm. and meanwhile someone goes in and knifes poor produce joe while he's chopping Fucking watermelon. Was it the watermelon? Fuck yeah, it was the watermelon. Okay. I was like, he's the killer, and then the knife comes down and hits him in the head. Hits him in the head and actually severs his Walkman, Walkman uh, headphones. Do you know what song was playing on the Walkman? It sounded like... Um, I mean, I don't know. Just so... Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. No, I think, it, I think it, it, it sounded like public domain song number five. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was when it fell and it like fell off his head and it was like that beautiful shot like, of like yeah I know I couldn't tell what it was listening yeah. to just supermarket music yeah. on his Walkman while he works in a supermarket. <laughs> so Produce Joe is down, Bill is down. Oh no, wait, Danny's down. Sorry, God, it's hard to it's hard to keep them straight. Yeah, Danny's down, Produce Joe is down. Next, we have um, Tim's been hiding in the beer cave watching, you know, stuff go on. He gets stabbed in the belly and then he gets put underneath a compactor. Yeah, no, that was fantastic. Great scene. Yeah, when it comes out and just totally squishes him and my kids were just kind of, yeah, I was watching it with my three kids. Okay, okay, wait. I apologize Tim gets see this is so confusing because it's just white guy after white guy okay so Tim gets stabbed in the belly but Bub Tim Bub gets crushed by the hydraulic machine he gets his head crushed by the by the box crusher hydraulic okay yeah see they're all they're all just the white guys at this yeah point. which yeah. is totally fine by me by the yeah. way but um yeah Bub Bub actually sounds like okay so if you can <laughs> If you remember Friday the 13th part 4 um it where Crispin Glover plays that character well, I don't remember his name but he is um talking in the kitchen and he goes <laughs> where's the corkscrew like that that pretty much is Burr steers this entire film until he gets killed who do you have the character's name that I have just as great value Timu Shaggy? Oh, that is, um, that, that would be Bub. That is Bub. Okay. Yeah. The one who has the really annoying voice and he's, okay. Yeah. See, yep. Then now we're, we're back on. Cause when he yeah. was giving the whole background about Craig, right. He's like, not just drugs, really very serious drugs. And I was just like, until my sister hit him in the head with a blender, a Hamilton beach blender. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was, yeah. I was waiting when he's telling the story to poor Renee Estevez, who by the way, gets killed kind of off camera. But while he's telling the story to her, the whole story about the Hamilton beach thing. I literally thought he was going to be like, 
I'm kidding. Because yeah. It's so yeah. ridiculous. I was laughing so hard, and I just remember like looking at my old man and just being like, "If you order Shaggy off Timu, because you know Wish is so early two thousands now." So, and he was like, "That is," and I was like, "Yeah, no, that's Shaggy. That is totally burnout Shaggy." Like we want. It's like, Mom, can we have Shaggy? No, we have Shaggy at home. <laughs> Shaggy at home, friends. Shaggy at home is Bub. Okay, so Bub got his head crushed by the hydraulic. Um, Randy gets hung on a meat hook, and then his poor oh, hand through his jaw, and then his poor hand gets stuck in the, gets thrown into the lobster tank. I really kept waiting for something to happen with the lobster tank, though. Yeah, it, like, yeah. It, it was such a. We have a lobster tank here. Look at the lobster tank. We have, there's really kind of anticlimactic. Right. And I was just like, what is going to happen? Like, are the lobsters going to attack somebody? We're going to claw out somebody's face. What are we doing with lobsters? FYI, nothing. Yeah. What's funny is I just did, I just did night school for Dark Night of the Podcast. Amazing. Shout out to Dark Night of the Podcast. But one of the things that I talk about on the night school episode is that there is a woman who gets her head cut off and it falls into a turtle tank and the turtles. <laughs> actually nibble at the severed head oh, part c yeah give me something right yeah kind of thought that kind of thought the lobsters were gonna go there but yeah. they didn't they didn't they're alive and well today so then um dave is running around because now he's found well he's found someone oh danny is alive without an eye and is like trying to climb this ladder in case you're wondering why this episode is so fucking cattywampus it's because as soon as the killings start they do not stop till the very end of this film it is just kill after kill after kill after kill and they're all random white guys and the store layout makes no sense oh yeah i mean there's like a there's an attic yeah yeah, randomly that's full of Halloween decorations and like a Santa Claus. And does something happen up there? No, nope. It's just, it's just there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Santa, it's like Santa Claus and a bunch of Halloween masks. Yeah, where I was just like, okay, so like the killer's in there mixed in with the Halloween masks. No, no, he's not. No. So, so most people are dead at this point. Um, Jennifer, oh, so if you're keeping track, by the way, uh, I commend you, but Jennifer is still alive. Craig Peterson is wandering around somewhere outside the store. He's definitely being set up as the killer. Right. Like Bill is still alive. Danny is dead. Tim is dead. Bub is dead. Produce Joe is dead. Randy is dead. Linda is dead. So um, meanwhile, Dave, that would be the person Jen wants to fuck. um, He ends up getting a bandsaw through his face and let me tell you i giggled so hard at the delightful k and b special effects absolutely beautiful yeah i cheered i remember just being like that was phenomenal and then you know my youngest was like that wasn't real and i was like do you really want to see a bandsaw go through somebody's head like what sort of psychopathy are we raising here you go to bed you don't get to watch the rest of this movie because that was phenomenal okay so wild question did you notice the cover of the magazine with sting on it yes yeah no i did actually i was i hate it when you do the random question did you notice this in the background because i'm always like you know i fucking didn't (laughs) 
you know I am so super excited for like the kills and the camera shots that like that random like cockmaster uh from Chopping Mall. I was just like, no, I never see anything. But no, I actually saw this one. Yes, yes. So there is a random magazine cover called Tempo with Sting like mid scream on the cover of this and um i was looking at the language and pablo actually pointed this out that the language i think is german okay yeah it's like a german it's like a german metal magazine or something like that so i figured that that was a that was like the only music magazine they could get the rights to right yeah to just put into a movie they're like oh tempo scorpions okay so Jen basically walks around the store now because everyone's dead. So she's walking around the store going, Tim, Dave. Yeah. She's just, she, she's just people. looking for people. And she ends up running into uh, Randy hanging on the meat hook. Um, so she grabs the, one of the hooks that's around and starts ch- trying to like slicing at the killer's hand, which is going to play in very soon but she slices at the killer's hand i was very proud that she grabbed a weapon because jennifer did not seem like the kind of girl that was going to grab a weapon she really seemed like she was going to be a lay down and die kind of girl right and keep in mind she still got the disco coke nostril thing going on yeah she does still randomly start bleeding from her head but in the altercation with craig she while she was trying to verbally stick up for herself it was very voice wavery, you know, still using her voice, but very, she needed a big, strong man to come save her. So when she grabbed a weapon, I was like, you know what? I was wrong about you. Right on. Yes, absolutely. Final girl energy. Loved yeah. it. Um, so she runs out into the store and she sees Bill and she goes and she hugs Bill and she's like, everyone's dead. And Bill gives her this great big bear hug. And then he says, I'm going to go call the police. So he goes to call the police and she is leaning back and she realizes that her back is all wet. And she reaches around and finds out that her body is basically covered in blood. And then she looks over at Bill and spoiler alert, here we go. Bill is the one that she sliced with the meat hook and Bill is the fucking killer. Yep, not not Craig Peterson who got into the real serious drugs and just wanted his change from his very very serious drugs. Yeah, very very serious. Mm. He just loves her. So, he goes after her and grabs a chunk of her blonde hair. Oh yeah, oh I felt that. Well, like I remember kind of being like, "Oh, yeah, that that was a good rip. And then he's got this, like, fabulous... What I love about Bill is Bill has this, like, southern accent, but he also has a very high-pitched voice. So it it just makes it all the more disconcerting, really. But he's telling this story, and he's basically like, you know, I had to kill Danny, you know, because Danny was going to sell the store. And then he gets down to... He's like, well, why did you kill the night crew? And he's just like, I got carried away. I got carried away. (laughs) I thought bill he carried once he was the killer he carried the rest of that movie i was like leave some murder for the rest of like Mm -hmm. he was so entertaining i yeah bill all day yeah so then he's gonna be like i'm just crazy about this store okay so fun fact about that line if you watch the original trailer for intruder slash night crew 
you basically figure out who the fucking killer is by the trailer because it ends with that bill line, I'm just crazy about this store, which should tell you exactly who the killer is. I hate it when they do that. I This is really why I have a problem watching trailers because I don't want to know the funniest lines and I don't want to figure out who the killer is before I watch them. Stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So he says there's going to be one more killing tonight, i.e. you, and Craig's going to take the blame for everything. So this was set up so that Craig, who, you know, obviously just got out of jail, uh, is going to take the blame for everything. Which kind of goes against his point of like, I just got carried away. I'm like, this was a really kind of well thought out plan now that you have somebody to pin it on. And then there's a poor food delivery guy who comes to the door and try to to bring bread. And by the way, that is Scott Spiegel, the director and writer of this film. And he gets killed. Yeah, no, he is. So we're watching it. He comes to, you know, the front door, whatever, and she doesn't have keys. And all of my kids are going, "Um, just break the glass, break the glass. And Talon and I actually had to pause the movie and explain, like, you're not getting through that. Like, it's... (laughs) You are not kicking that down. And then, you know, the kids are just like, get a shotgun. And I go, what? It's a food shut shut up i hate all of you this is just a grocery store in the middle of nowhere i assure you there's no pump shotgun on hand and with just yeah but yeah and then but then yeah bill is then outside kills the bread boy and then holds up the keys the keys and i go okay but he got out yeah, I don't really know how he got out. Maybe he got out like that back way where all the boxes were. Right. I was just like, a lot of boxes. I was like, because he was literally just like chasing her down. Mm-hmm. And then I guess his alarm went off where he knew the bread boy was coming and he was right on time. Peekaboo. For a slaughtering. That's right. So um, meanwhile, we see this is one of my favorite scenes. We see Danny's head go up and say like, help me, help me. And I'm like, dude, still alive. That's amazing. But it turns out it's actually Bill holding up his severed head like a fucking puppet. Yeah. His entire fist is in his head because Jen goes over to be like, Danny or Davey or Dwayne, whatever. Yeah. And goes over to like help him. And then it's Bill totally on the, on his fist and I was crying laughing. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite scenes, truly. Like, the thing about this movie is, yes, it does have kind of a slow start to it. And there are some slow moments to this movie. Um, you know, it's very low budget. It's very 1989. Uh, but when the gore starts, it is just lovely and amazing. Yeah, no, and a bunch of these kills I had not seen. You know, like, I had never seen, you know, a hand off somebody's arm before or a head on somebody's arm. I don't know what I just said. Uh, I never saw the bandsaw through the head. Uh, when you did a meat hook, it usually went through the back or through the base of the skull, something like that. Through the underside of the jaw, I went, oh, like my whole body just kind of went. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So somehow Craig pops up. And grabs Jennifer, and they run out of the store. I don't really know how the fuck they get out of the store, to be honest. The bathroom, win- the most narrow bathroom in the world. He was oh. like, this is how I got in here. We're going to go through the bathroom window. Well, now we know how Craig got into the store. And I just kind of went like, Jen, you work here. Why didn't you go to the bathroom window? 
So they crawl out. So thank you, Hillary. They crawl out the bathroom window and they're out there and they fight. Bill, Bill immediately like grabs her by the legs underneath the car, which definitely freaks me out because that's one of my worst fears. Yeah. No, that was, that was a good jump. Yeah. No, I like that. And then um, she jumps up and stabs him repeatedly in the stomach. Well, to explain all, like, so she's getting into her car. Then Linda is come falls out with the knife in her chest. Is dead. Yeah. And then she's, like, horrified. And Bill grabs her ankles from underneath. She falls down. And she must have had the wherewithal to then grab the knife out of her friend. So when he slides her underneath the car, she comes out and gets him right in the chest. And the whole, I thought that was artistic as fuck. Yeah, fantastic. Really fantastic scene. So uh, meanwhile, Craig grabs a meat cleaver and starts cleaving um, Bill's fingers and hand. And so Bill's basically just like a big bloody mess. And he falls into... Uh, the phone booth, which fun fact, she actually uses the phone booth prior to call the cops to come to the store. Yeah. Yeah. She had the wherewithal to call the police. Then like, you know, Bill comes out, she stabs Bill and then Craig winds up. Yeah. He's just like, I'm going to, you know, hit him with a cleaver a whole bunch of times, like a huge meat cleaver. And I'm just a like, lot. And, and I'm going because you're watching it happen. But like also nothing's happening to bill like though he should have had some wounds some visible open wounds but it was really like a kid fell down on the playground type wounds. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't it, it did not match it definitely yeah. um so then the cops come and we get a very uh handsome duo of bruce campbell and lawrence bender and uh they come and decide to arrest the two of them for the murders, they told they go straight a cab on us. Yeah. Oh, straight a cab, and Avec, you know, arrests Craig because he. We just had a problem with you earlier at this store, and you know now Jennifer is your accomplice. And then Bill pops up and goes like, "It was them. Yep, it was totally them." And I was like, "See, you didn't yep. cleave him enough." End of movie. Yep. And my kids just kind of looked over at me at that point, and they were just like, well, but they arrested, and I was like, oh, you think only guilty people are in jail? You're the best. I love your view of the world. So much hope. Yeah, so much hope and innocence, and oh, man, when, and then it was kind of like that light bulb moment where I was just like, if the police come talk to you, do you not know to ask for a lawyer? Like, who are we raising here? So this movie is basically six degrees of Quentin Tarantino. Now here's some fun facts about this movie. All right. So Scott Spiegel plays the bread guy. Also the writer and director of this film. Very important. Quentin Tarantino was sleeping on his couch during this time period. Scott Spiegel hires Lawrence Bender to be the hot cop at the end. Oh, yeah. And he also co-writes this movie and he produces it. Good for him. So he introduces Quentin Tarantino to Lawrence Bender. That was very nice of him. And Lawrence Bender ends up producing Reservoir Dogs. Ooh. So it's just, wow, it's a little incestuous. So then Lawrence Bender becomes Quentin Tarantino's main producer. What about Scott? So Scott 
ends up teaming up with Eli Roth and Boz Yakin, and they form a company called Raw Nerve. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm really glad that Scott wasn't left out in the cold. Nope. And then Scott Spiegel went to high school with both Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi. And so you see a lot of, you know, like I said, a lot of Scott Spiegel in Evil Dead 2, a, a lot of Raimi in this, and a lot of stuff. And in fact, at one point in time, Quentin Tarantino, Joel and Ethan Cohen, Sam Raimi, and Francis McDormand and Holly Hunter all lived in the same house. What a party that would have been. I know. It's really amazing. I once wrote erotic fan fiction about Sam Raimi living in that house, and I may have lived in the house in the erotic fan fiction. Uh, I feel like once we do get a Patreon, you need to read that live. I don't, I don't see, I don't even think I have it. I don't think I still have it, but (laughs) I could never find it. Bullshit. That's in your journal. Aaron's erotic adventures with the Raimi brothers. Oh, God. All right. So do we have any shout outs today? Well, most of our shout outs were on the anniversary episode, but I want to give a special shout out to Ellie from Get Soft. This woman has been so amazing in teaching me how to edit when I went through a phase where I wasn't really understanding how to edit the show. I didn't know what to do. She took the time sat on the computer with me from Australia, by the way, totally different time zone. And she really did. She took time with me. And then the other shout out I want to give is a dark, dark night of the podcast. Thank you. Um, Roger and Troy, who have been really helpful with just being very supportive of the podcast in general and having me on as a guest on their show. Um, And I actually gave money to Roger uh, for his movie, Meat, which is going to be a queer slasher gore fest. Ooh, I love it. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. So um, major shout outs to all of those people. Um, you know, we really couldn't do this without you. And I couldn't do this without Hillary. I know that. I Well, I definitely couldn't do this without you. I just, um, I barely get to do anything is what I feel like we all know what I'm saying I think I know what you're saying (laughs) as long as everybody knows what I'm saying yeah I you are absolutely the brains and the creator and the absolute heart and mind and everything behind the show and I just get to show up and be your friend so I really appreciate it very much all right and um, we're gonna have lots of fun stuff for season two so stay manic my lovelies